Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan and Dominic. What's up guys? Hola! Hey. And unlike always, we have a special guest, Blessing. How's it going? Hey, what's up? He's a uh, part of the Kind of Funny community. Uh, we asked him if he wanted to be in a collaboration with the podcast. He decided to come on, so we're very happy to have him. Thank you for joining us today. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, as always, we get into what we've been playing uh, first off, so I'm going to be going first. Uh, I played Child of Light. It came out like two years ago. I never got into uh, playing it. I had it on my backlog. Um, this week, I just felt like picking it up and trying it out. Um, I don't want to go too long on it, because I know Jordan's going to be playing it soon. Maybe we'll have a discussion about it or something, but the combat system's really cool. Have any of you guys played Child of Light? Not yet. I started it um, on PC, but then just decided to wait until I could play it on Vita. Yeah, it's a really fun game. Um, my playthrough was maybe five and a half, six hours, but I was getting doing a lot of like the side quests and like trying to perfect the game um if you just play through and just have a good time it'll probably make take about four four and a half hours really fun game art style is amazing um that's kind of obvious combat's really cool uh i played a little bit of overwatch obviously talk about that later um i also played an hour of inside which is xbox's new indie exclusive from play dead the guys who made limbo um fantastic game really quick talk of the town that game took what limbo was and improved on it I can't wait to see what Playdead does in six years. A lot of people have been saying that. Um, this is arguably, to me, one of the best, if not the best, Xbox exclusive. And I'm Whoa. only an hour in. Like, this game is really solid. This game has an atmosphere that's fantastic. Like, it's it's a really solid game. Jared, is uh, is Inside on PC, too? Console exclusive, sorry. Okay. So, uh, two weeks ago, it was the PSN and eShop sales that just dug a hole into my wallet. And this week, it was a Steam sale. Um, actually, I think it's still going on for the next week. So it's been like a, you know, their big summer sale. Um, and these, these sales are killing me. You got like, <laughs> they're crazy. There's so um, many of them. Yeah. And I already have, you know, a, 10 games or so in my backlog that I just don't have time to get to. So I do not, not need to be buying more. It's not even a money thing at this point. It's just, you know, <laughs> I don't have time to play all these games, but I picked up Dragon's Dogma on PC for like $20. That was one. Um, it was a last gen game, but I missed that. And you know, I'm really into into the Western RPGs, so I really wanted to. Uh, well, I guess that's a Japanese game, maybe. Either way, it's action RPG. So that was one I I haven't started it yet. But and the reason I haven't started it yet is because I also picked up Walking Dead season two from Telltale. Um, so I love season one, and I just never got to season two. So I, I'm actually already three episodes into it, and I actually think I like it a lot better than the first season. Um, which most people are the reverse, but there's a much cooler villain so far through three episodes that kind of took care of it. But And also, I'm having a lot of fun just making My Clementine a cold, hard killer, basically. Dude, I did the like, same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I'm just going balls to the wall. And she's, I wouldn't mess with her. Uh, I'm with you, though. I thought season two was a lot more solid than one. I'm excited for season three this fall. I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that all you've been playing? Yeah, this week. And a little bit of Oracle of Ages on 3DS, too, still. Jordan, what about you? Um, so I was finally able to get back into The Witcher because uh, of the update, um, which uh, allowed me to lock on during combat. So um, now that I've been able to play that again and kind of get uh, refreshed and, uh, you know, kind of get back into it a little bit, um, I'll have uh, my Witcher 3 Wild Hunt review going up on the site pretty soon. Um, and besides that, played a little bit of Persona, still chugging on through that game. <laughs> Trying uh, to finish it before episode 20? 
Yeah, so I'd say, uh, Blessing, I guess you don't know about this. Um, we made a bet that I would either... See, I'm 70 hours into Persona 3 on... Oh, wow. Uh, uh, playing the <laughs> PS2 version on my PS3. And uh, we made this bet that I would have to finish it by episode 20 or I would shave my beard and hair. So um, <laughs> I've still probably got about 30 hours of gameplay left. So we're about two episodes away. Um, so really, I'm just going to have to cram it and uh, see what I can do there. But if not, you know, who knows? Fire up the razor. Exactly. So there's that. Um, and then... Uh, really just because of the uh, E3 press conference with Sony, I was having that God of War itch. So I got uh, God of War Saga on PS3, which has all the God of War games except for Ascension, which I just played last year. Um, so I played... Uh, I beat all the games, um, so I'm just like replaying all of them at this point. And uh, went back through Chains of Olympus, and uh, looks really good on PS3 for... A PSP game from way back when um, but it's only like six hours so I beat it in just about a day um, and now I've moved on to God of War 1 so really enjoying those um, a lot of people talk a lot of crap about the God of War series and like Kratos as a character in general but um, I get where they were coming from and plus they were back in the PS2 days when you know gaming was just kind of a a different animal altogether so I really enjoy God of War even though uh, people have a lot of nasty things to say about it so there's that and then um, I watched some really good movies this week I saw um, last night I watched Green Room um, R.I.P. Anton Yelchin um, then I saw um, The Conjuring the night before that oh, The Conjuring so good. 2? And, uh, so no, good. the first one oh, okay. I haven't seen good. the first one yet and then, um, crap, what else? I saw another good movie. It wasn't Independence Day. That's what I saw. <sighs> oh, I saw Jungle Book yesterday. Oh, yeah. wow. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, Jungle Book was really, really good. Totally recommend that movie. The Conjuring, um, shout out to Michael Huber over at Easy Allies. We were talking about them earlier. He's the one that recommended it on one of their podcasts and was just, like, raving about it. Um, and usually I totally agree with his opinions, but... I didn't think it was, like, amazing, um, but it's a solid movie if you're into horror and stuff. Did you see it in the theater, and though? And then The Conjuring? No, it was the original. Um, horror movies are always so, better in the theater. True, but I did turn out the lights and, okay. you know, had the headphones on and all that, so I had the vibe. That's good, then. Um, and then, yeah, last night, dude, watching Green Room, that movie, uh, as soon as you guys get to check it out, I would totally recommend it because it seems it feels like a thriller but it really just jumps into being like a horror movie and just goes off the fucking rails like you wouldn't believe um so yeah recommend i would highly highly recommend uh green room whenever you can check it out awesome uh blessing what have you been playing this week so i've also been playing a lot of persona 4 uh on the ps vita uh Ooh. and yeah it's really fun. I actually just got started. At least I feel like I've just gotten started. Uh, I started like maybe like a month ago or so, but I'm now just getting into it. Like I just started playing it more hardcore, and so I'm about 13 hours in, um, and I'm enjoying it. I'm starting to I'm starting to understand why people love this game, uh, and so it's pretty fun. Uh, Jordan, let me ask you who who's like I guess they call it waifu. Like people on the internet call it waifu. <laughs> who's like waifu for you? 
So, actually, it's funny. I was just listening to the E3 episode of Podcast Beyond before we were recording this. And they were talking all about Persona. And they were talking major shit about Yukiko. Dude, I'm saying. Dude, she's my girl. Like, she is annoying as hell. And then, you know, there's some girls that you meet down the road. But I just think Yukiko's got it going on, dude. Dude, that's the same exact thing I was thinking when I was I was listening to that same episode of Beyond. And they're, they're yeah. hating on Yukiko. And I was like, man, I actually I actually love Yukiko. Like, Yukiko, like, if Yukiko was a real person, like, I would, like, fall in love with Yukiko. Because she just seems cool. Like, she's chill. Yeah. And she, like, nothing against Chie. She's, like, Chie seems like a best friend to me. Okay, You know, yeah. like, she's cool. Like, she's a really, really cool person. And in fact, I was like... At the beginning, I was I was kind of leaning towards her, uh, just because yeah. she was like she had that fun personality, and Yukiko was a little bit too quiet for me. But then, like after a certain point in the game, Yukiko kind of like gets it back together, and you're like, oh yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I started feeling Yukiko. Uh, Same thing but yeah, I've been playing Persona a lot of Persona 3. Four. What was that? With Persona Three, there's some of those girls in there that are just annoying as crap. Like I couldn't even yeah. stand being around them. So yeah, that's how yeah, I feel so about far, So far, I don't feel like any of the characters um, are annoying, at least yet. I haven't gotten that far, and so I haven't met, like, Rise or some of the other people that people like to talk about. But so far, I kind of, I really like the game. I really like the idea of venturing into different people's sort of subconscious, I guess. Uh, really, really, really cool game. I've also been playing a lot of Overwatch, which is has been sort of my crack for, like, the last... Since it came out, it's been crack for me. <laughs> and so I've been playing it nonstop. Y'all got any more of that Overwatch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so I've been playing that nonstop, uh, loving it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know what else more I can say about that game that hasn't already been said by people. Uh, it's amazing. It's very, it's very fun. And it's, and for me, it's been very much a social experience where I've been meeting more and more people online who've been playing Overwatch and playing with them, uh, and having fun with them. Um, and through that meeting other people that play with them. And it's been sort of this chain reaction of meeting people who play Overwatch. And so it's, it's like the first time, uh, I played a game that, has been sort of a, a social experience like that. Like, not only is the gameplay good, but uh, the social environment around the game is pretty awesome. So those are the two main games I've been playing. So the first bit of news we're going to be talking about here is uh, the Bioshock collection. That actually got announced today on uh, 2K's blog. Yeah, super exciting. Um, the, the piece I'm going to read about it is from Polygon, from Julie Alexander over at Polygon. And uh, basically, after photo leaks yesterday, all but confirmed that Irrational Games' Bioshock series would be headed to current-gen consoles, publisher 2K sealed the deal with an official announcement trailer today. Uh, Bioshock The Collection will include Bioshock, Bioshock 2, unfortunately, and Bioshock Infinite, uh, and will come with all additional single-player DLC. Uh, The Collection will also feature director's commentary from creative director Ken Levine and lead artist Sean Robertson. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much the story. The rest of it just goes into detailings about the remaster. Um, Real quick, my thoughts on it. I think it's awesome. I didn't play any of the DLC for Bioshock Infinite, which Jordan has told me is really cool, and the way it ties into the original Bioshock is awesome. Um, If I end up picking up this collection, it's definitely to play the first one in Infinite. I could care less about two, really. Um, It's it's, it's not as bad of a game as people say, but it really doesn't scream Bioshock to me. I'm fine with not playing it. Um, Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite are definitely the the experiences I want out of this collection, but it is cool that there's a third game in there for 60 bucks. Um... And all the DLC is awesome as well. Obviously, getting all of that, um, Minerva's Den. Um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on this Bioshock collection? Bioshock Infinite is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, oh, wow. I actually didn't play that much of the first one, and that's because I didn't have a PS3 when it originally came out. But I played a little bit of it, and from that little bit I played, I wasn't really feeling it. I wasn't really getting into it, and I think that's just because I didn't understand it that well. 
and later on I played Infinite because I really liked the style of Infinite and after beating Infinite I felt like I understood Bioshock. I understood what they're trying to do. I, I, I really liked the story and stuff but then I, I heard a lot of people talking about Infinite and people were saying about how like Infinite's not as good as the first Bioshock or uh, Infinite's a lot more of an action game and Bioshock 1 does a lot more with atmosphere uh, and setting and so I'm really I really really do want to go back and play it and so I'm probably going to get the collection uh, and yeah I'm really I'm really hyped for it I'm glad that they finally announced it because I feel like everybody's known they're going to do this for a while uh, even though they haven't really said anything about it but it's kind of just been assumed because Bioshock is that series that you can do this with you know it's not like prototype where they kind of just remastered prototype for, for no reason people love Bioshock and so uh, I'm really glad they're remastering and I'm really really hyped to get back into it I am too uh I I, I'm because yeah, I played all three. I actually like Infinite a lot more than most people too, but I really like this because who knows if there's ever going to be another Bioshock game at all, like a new one, right? Probably oh, not. There was a weird. I saw it somewhere. I don't know if it was Reddit or on a Facebook group, and this is all hearsay. But somebody was saying I was Ubering uh, somebody from 2K, and he like offhandedly just asked me, "How would you feel about Bioshock in space?" And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he just left. Like, as he was getting out of the car, he asked him, like, how do you feel about Bioshock in space? Which would be cool, because System Shock, people love System Shock, don't they? So, Yeah, I, I'm, like, 99% sure that they've already confirmed uh, new Bioshock being worked on over at 2K. Yeah. Um, I think it's, like, maybe 2K Marin, which is, those. that's the studio that did uh, Bioshock 2. Um, also, don't you think it's weird that uh, Ken Levine's name is still attached to this? Like, they have commentary with him since he's no longer there. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I was really excited about. Um, I mean, he's no longer there, but, uh, you know, these are his games. He is Bioshock, I, I, yeah. Yeah, Bioshock 2, he didn't make that game, but he even had a hand in that one. So, um, I was actually really excited when I saw that. It's like a little uh, commentary or documentary series that they're doing. Um, and then, yeah, it includes all the DLC, um, no multiplayer for Bioshock 2, um, but all the story DLC and all, like, the challenge maps and stuff like that. And then they said there is, like, a virtual museum where you can go and see, like, uh, concepts that never made it into the game. That's cool. Which is very cool. So, we were talking about how, um, I was kind of pissed off at Square Enix for, um, not allowing me to turn subtitles on and off in the Kingdom Hearts HD remixes for PS3. Yeah. And uh, this is the type of stuff that I was talking about. When you do, when publishers do these remasters, I think adding these extra bonus features goes a long way for someone like me who I've mentioned on the show before that Bioshock is one of my favorite series and I've played the games multiple times. Um, but I'm definitely going to buy this probably once it's cheaper than 60 um, just because I'm, I'm, played Bioshock Infinite twice I'm probably done with that uh, even though I really like it um, but yeah I'm excited for Bioshock 1 and 2 I never got around to Minerva's Din uh, the DLC for Bioshock 2 so yeah even for me someone who really loves the series and has been through it multiple times I think there's still plenty of stuff to come back to also I want to say before we move on to the next story even though I'm probably if when I do get this it's not going to be physical that cover art is gold it's so oh, yeah. well yeah, done it's awesome yeah, um, has the lighthouse and then uh, um, Rapture, and then it has uh, what's Columbia. the name of the... yeah Columbia. Um, so the next story here, Nintendo. Um, 
we're going to be talking about the NX since Nintendo doesn't want to. Uh, over on GameSpot, um, we have a story here from Tamur Hussein over at GameSpot. It says, Nintendo didn't show NX at E3 because it was worried about copycats, says Miyamoto. Um, so I'm just going to read right here. It says, uh, Shigeru, Moto, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto has explained why Nintendo did not show its next gaming platform, codenamed NX, at E3 and passed up the opportunity to make a high-profile uh, high unveiling ahead of the hardware's launch in March 2017. Nintendo recently had a shareholder meeting in Japan, which was attended in live blog by Twitter user NStyle and translated by Cheesemeister. Uh, during this meeting, Miyamoto said NX wasn't at E3 because Nintendo was worried about copycats. Uh, Nintendo has provided very little details about what the NX is, Though there has been much speculation on the patents and insider reports, it is believed that the NX will be a console and handheld hybrid featuring industry-leading tech, and there's also the rumor about cartridges. Uh, this is the second time Miyamoto has suggested Nintendo is holding back on a reveal in order to project a unique element. On June 27th, he said NX information was being controlled because there is an idea we're working on. Uh, in terms of NX, there's an idea that we're working on, he said through a translator. That's why we can't share anything at this point. Um, and then it goes on to just say, yada, 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 we're not talking about NX. So, what do you guys think about him saying that they're afraid of copycats? Like, do you think Xbox and, and Sony are really even concerned with what Nintendo's doing at this point? No, not at all. I, I, yeah, I don't really like the statement at all. Uh, and I don't know, when they say copycats, like, they could be referring to, play, to PlayStation and Xbox, uh, but then they could also be referring to, like, maybe generic uh, brands, maybe, like, you know how, like, when the Wii came out, they had, like, gen generic versions of the Wii, of the Wii with like a generic they're worried about some Ouya. yeah yeah maybe I mean maybe that's what they're worried about but I also think that one if they're worried about that they don't really need to be worried about that because like they're in terms of quality they're gonna be heads and heads and toes like above any kind of generic brand and if it, if their fear is PlayStation PlayStation and Xbox um seeing what Nintendo's doing and try to copy them then I think that's more like almost arrogance or like oh, yeah. foolishness because oh, like yeah. this i mean there's all there's there, if this console is truly coming out in march then it's it's one is coming out soon and so you don't need to be worried about announcing your your console when it comes out in less than a year like that's one uh and two in terms of sony and microsoft like their course is already set and so like if you think that there's somebody out there who's going to develop something at like the nx and put it out before the nx comes out and it's gonna blow up or it's gonna cause it's gonna mess with nx sales in any way i don't think that's i don't think that's smart but i mean they're business people and i'm not and so i'm sure i'm sure there's some data there that i that i don't see or i don't know that could tell them like oh maybe so and so can happen but as as far as what they're saying i don't i don't see that's it. a really i think it's that's weird. a really good point to bring up too because they've said it before i can't remember it was probably reggie or someone said that, yeah, they're not necessarily competing with Sony and Microsoft. They're really competing with Apple and Google and Amazon. They've said things, you know, of that nature, which really is, makes me curious, even more curious about what the heck this thing is that they made. Because, yeah, like, like Apple um, has been rumored to making, you know, an Apple TV that plays more games. Like, that's been a rumor for a while, right? Yeah. So who knows? Like, those, you know, those other technology companies could kind of into our gaming space besides just in the mobile platform but also the thing we're not thinking about is like so we always joke about i always joke about nintendo and uh the fact that you know it's it's dumb that they're trying to release a console that's not even going to beat any of the standards that playstation and xbox are setting right but the thing is if this is a mobile device if i can play a game that looks like it's on xbox one or playstation 4 on a mobile device and it looks that crisp and clear that's something different it is something different to have a handheld that has that kind of strength you know and power behind it 
So there is something there. Um, if, if anything, Nintendo does do handhelds pretty well. So I'm interested to see what this is. Like, I'm still on the fence of whether or not I'm going to buy one. But I still think they're... I agree with you, Blessing. Like, why would they be so scared of something coming... Like, if they show it off and somebody copies them, it won't be out before the NX. And if it is, it won't be the same quality standards that Nintendo sets. So it's like... Yeah. It's really weird. To me, I think it's just that they're scared and they're trying to... Maybe they had reactions to the patent leaks and maybe they're scared and they're trying to fix it. Course correct before people find out what it is, you know? So... Well, and it seems to me like uh, Sony and Microsoft are already leapfrogging uh, Nintendo with the Neo and the Scorpio, a.k.a. Big Boy. Big Boy, um, yeah. That is what we call the Scorpio here on the show, a blessing. But um, uh, <laughs> I just think, yeah, them thinking, oh, they're going to... Co-, like, this is just classic Nintendo where I'm like, guys, what the hell are you talking about? Like, just shut up, really. Very like, Japanese. No one's trying... Yeah. Nintendo, no one is trying to copy you. No one wants to copy you. Like... You're a joke at this point. You can't think that everyone wants to get their grubby hands on what you have. Like, people in the gaming industry don't care what you have to say. That's why the Wii U was a failure. So, what you need to do is come out and, like, really wow people so much that they couldn't copy you because you're so far ahead of everybody else. But that's not... Well, I don't think and the problem is, too, is, like, you know... Nintendo's games are always mostly solid, so like they're like we're just gonna put Zelda out there and let people talk about Zelda. That was gonna be the case either way, you know. People are ex- people expect good games from Nintendo. That's not the case. People want to be won over with your hardware, and they're not doing that. And so finally, you show us our games. We're not worried about your games being bad. <laughs> we're worried about your well, console think, not being good. You know. For example, I think one of the biggest reasons why Sony is uh, winning this console generation is just because. They're giving the fans and the gamers, the audience, exactly what they want, exactly what they're asking for. And Nintendo is just giving themselves what they want. Like, it's Nintendo's making the games that they want. Miyamoto is making Star Fox for himself because God knows no one else wants those gyro controls. Like, they have to make... They need to start making games for the fans and do what the fans want. They're trying to do, you know, an apple of, well, the people don't know what they want yet until you give it to them type yeah. of thing. Exactly. But that yeah, only but works that only works when you're right, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like true visionaries, which they are not. I also think that they're not they're not being truthful. I think that there's something there's another reason why they didn't show off the NX at E3. And I think that's just like the reason they're putting out there to like because they don't want to like say whatever their their real reason is. And so, I mean and if that is the case then that's also a bad reason to put out there. But I I I I think that that is partly it. And I also think that Maybe Nintendo doesn't want to show off their console too soon. Um, I think maybe since it's probably going to be something somewhat gimmicky, given Nintendo. And I don't mean like I don't mean gimmicky in a bad way. I mean gimmicky isn't like it's gonna be something special, you know, like kind of like what Nintendo does, like whether it's like with the Wii mode, with the with the screen or something else. I think it's gonna be like an, an another one of those, not necessarily bad, but different. And I think what they might try to do is show it off like as late as they can um in order to like not let there be any fatigue between the time they show off what the console is and by the time they release the console because i don't think they want it to like suffer from sort of what the last guardian is suffering from right now where the last guardian was was announced like what seven years ago or something like that and now like it's showing up again there are trailers coming out for it again and people are kind of tired of it people don't really care about the last guardian anymore and um, I know this is like a lot. This is a lot shorter span than, than the Last Guardian, but 
uh they don't maybe they don't want to show off the nx right now then by the time the nx releases people people have already kind of been like well eh. yeah you know like people have kind of gotten tired of it before it before it, it comes at the out. same time um, i don't know though at the same time i just think that they need to remember that part of the reason the wii u failed is because of the fact that nobody knew what the hell the wii u was like so many people oh, yeah. thought that it was a wii expansion and you know they could even look at sony with the vita like people love the psp but never knew that there was a successor to it so you have to get out there and tell people about your console or no one's going to buy it because they don't know about it also the naming and marketing plays a huge factor i also think they, yeah yeah they're probably going to announce or show it off before the holiday season or definitely at least before november just from a business standpoint, I would assume that you would, even though you're not launching in the fall, you definitely want people to think about it in the fall and maybe get those quote unquote you know Nintendo pre-orders in. Um, and I, I don't know, it's it's weird to me. This whole thing is weird to me. But uh, let's go on to something more more uh, optimistic. We're gonna be talking about Overwatch. So the last news story here before we hop into the topics um, is from Eddie over at Gamespot, who basically writes almost all of their stories. Yeah. Um, so Overwatch's competitive mode. Uh, launched uh, yesterday on PC, and it was assumed that it was actually going to be coming out for consoles next week. Um, but the Overwatch Xbox One update adds competitive play in these balance changes that they listed in the article uh, today. Uh, so I'm going to read you guys the article real quick. Blizzard released an update for Overwatch's Xbox One version today that, among other things, adds the highly anticipated competitive mode. Uh, the developer previously said the mode, w- uh, which launched on PC this week, wouldn't come out until next week on console. It hasn't launched yet on PS4, but we'll keep you updated as to when it does. As detailed previously, Overwatch's competitive play mode is available after you reach level 25. Once you do that, it'll show up under the play button, yada, yada, yada. Um, another big thing in this patch is there was a couple of uh, character nerfs. So McCree got nerfed and Widowmaker got nerfed. Uh, McCree was performing like really well against all characters, so they kind of wanted to nerf him. So he, the whole game is about balancing and making sure you pick characters for the right situation. So they felt he wasn't doing that. And uh, Widowmaker's... Um, uh, Kiss scoped shot, which is when she aims in with her sniper rifle, uh, the damage was decreased. Uh, and also they fixed a exploitation people are using where you could essentially quick scope people. Um, they fixed that as well. Uh, and there's a bunch of bug fixes and stuff you probably don't want to hear about. Um, but yeah, this is actually really surprising because, like they said in the article, competitive mode wasn't supposed to launch for consoles till next week. And it's weird that it came early on Xbox One because there was no indication that it was. Um, what, how do you feel about this, Blessing? You're a big Overwatch player. Does this, is this weird that it came to Xbox One first? Yeah, it's weird that it kind of surprise dropped because I didn't hear a thing about it. Like, I didn't know about it until you said it, you know, and um, I don't know. They I don't know if they did it purposely. I don't know if they were just like, well, it's ready. You might as well just release it. Um, if, if it's the case that it's on Xbox already, then I'm sure it'll have to come to PlayStation soon. Um, do you know, is it out on PC already? Yeah, it's already out on PC. Okay, um, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm interested to see how people react to the competitive mode and to see if it's what people expect it to be. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see if people have any complaints about it or if to see if people are like, yeah, this is perfect for competitive mode. Um, I can't wait till it comes to the PS4 because that's what I play on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird that it came to Xbox first, but I mean, I, I I'm not really complaining because they they announced it for next week, and so I'm still gonna wait for it for next week but i'm not too salty yeah it's about weird it. though you guys have a bigger or you guys the ps4 has a bigger player base maybe this has something to do with them kind of making it work for the the windows architecture and stuff like that and maybe it transfers over easier to xbox one i don't know any of that stuff i'm not a developer but uh yeah this is weird do you guys think it's weird i know you guys aren't super in overwatch but do you think it's weird that this update came first to xbox one over ps4 
I, I'm curious because I've never actually thought about it before. Do updates typically come out, you know, day and day on each console? Like, is that yeah, most of the time? Most of okay. Yeah, it depends. Like, I remember when Witcher first came out, they were releasing Xbox One patches like a few days later than PC and PS4. Yeah. Okay. So it just kind of depends. It varies. There's no method to the madness. It seems like. Yeah. It's just really weird, though. Um, it was super surprising, and it's not like it came out a couple of days before. It's like if PS4's update doesn't launch till next week, then that's a whole week ahead, you know. And this isn't like a small update. This isn't like a like a small patch or something. This is like an update that adds a completely different mode, like the longevity of this game. Um, since you guys don't really have much to say about Overwatch, let's hop into the first topic here. Uh, since we have Blessing on, and he's an Overwatch fan. Um, I just want to talk to you about, uh, and the other guys can chime in, obviously. Like, I love Overwatch. Even though it's a multiplayer-only game, I find so much value in it. Um, I just want to hear from you why you love Overwatch, why you like playing it, why there's value there. And, uh, yeah, just go ahead and say whatever you want to say. I think for me, uh, I for a while, I haven't been that into first-person shooters. The I remember the, I remember the 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 last time I've been into an, a, for, a first person shooter the way I'm into Overwatch right now has been was probably like Call of Duty okay. World at War, um and I think Overwatch does it right it does it differently uh people compare it a lot to Team Fortress which I know I, I was never really into Team Fortress but there's something about the way that Overwatch presents itself and the way that it's polished um it presents itself. I mean, I was gonna say seriously, but I mean, not call it. It's not serious like Call of Duty is. It's serious in this in the sense that it's it's very polished and it's very balanced, and you can tell that the developers care a lot about balance. They care a lot about teamwork, and you don't you don't get this sort of emphasis on teamwork in other first person shooters where you supposedly play on a team, but really you're playing alone. Um, Overwatch is the first time in a first person shooter in a long while where I feel like I have. A role in my team i feel i feel like if i don't perform then i'm damaging my team significantly because i'm 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 not doing something um that contributes to us as a whole like if i'm playing as a healer if i'm playing as mercy or if i'm, if I'm playing as lucio and i'm not doing a good job as a healer then the whole healing aspect of my team is sort yeah. of messed up then uh and i'm sort of ruining the whole aspect of the team if i'm playing as an attacker right if i'm playing as reaper if i'm playing as soldier 76 and I'm not doing that good of a, of a job on attack, then the whole attack portion of our team is kind of, like, stunted. Um, that whole team aspect, to me, is sort of what is the most important part of Overwatch and what kind of grabs me. Uh, it's, 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 it's not something, like, in, in Call of Duty, I think the reason why I kind of fell off from Call of Duty is because, one, it's not fun for me when I lose in Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and when I die, I don't know. There's something about dying in Call of Duty where I'm just like, I'm kind of done with this. I don't really want to do this anymore. And I don't really feel a connection uh, with the people I'm playing with. And I think that's the whole point of multiplayer is that there's a connection with the people you're playing with. And so when you're playing a game, like I keep referencing Call of Duty, but that's like my go-to first-person shooter. Uh, but like when you're playing like Call of Duty or something, you're you're playing with other people, but really you're kind of playing by yourself. You know, unless you're like, unless you're you're really into Call of Duty and you're and you're in chat and everything and you're like setting up plays with people, which I don't really, I haven't really seen too much of in my experience with Call of Duty. But unless you're doing that, then you're really, really playing by yourself. Uh, in Overwatch, I I honestly do feel like I'm playing with other people. So there's that. There's also the presentation in terms of the story 
and the characters. Uh, and I compare these characters a lot to Pixar characters. They're very, they're very clean. They're very nice looking. Uh, and I mean, nice looking as in like friendly looking, you know, because Reaper isn't necessarily like a nice character, but he's like, it, it's, it's almost like a Pixar film for adults. Not even adults, but like for not kids. Because um, I think it's rated T for teen. But like, I don't know, man. It's 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 a very it's a very fun game. It's a very upbeat game, and it's a it's a it's a lot different from other first person shooters. Like first person shooters lately, since like probably the PS3 or, or probably since ever, have always been kind of gloomy, uh, kind of violent, uh, kind of I don't know adult oriented, or make you feel, they make you feel like you're playing an adult game. But Overwatch just feels like a fun game, and so. It's 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 very friendly in terms of its presentation. It's also very friendly in terms of its gameplay. Like if you if you're a beginner, if you're not too into first person shooters, if you're not too into these team based games, then you can still get into Overwatch and you can still have fun with it and you can still get integrated with it. I've had friends that aren't good at first person shooters love Overwatch because they can play as Mercy, uh, who's a healer, and they can they can just heal other characters and feel like they're yep. making a difference. And so I mean I kind of I kind of just threw out, threw out a bunch of words, but. There's there is a lot about Overwatch that keeps me in that keeps me having fun and and, and keeps me enjoying the game and so um, as somebody who hasn't been into first person shooters for a while and I don't even consider myself a competitive gamer I don't consider myself a competitive multiplayer person I really really like Overwatch and it's like my so far it's my like favorite game um, of the year at least and it's my favorite game in a while so spoilers so. for Dom's topic <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah. what I wanted to say is going with that is like so Mercy is a very good introductory character for people who don't like first person shooters but she is kind of passive and she's a healer there are also other characters too that are awesome for the same kind of thing like um uh, Reinhardt, for instance, is all melee. He has a giant hammer and he has a shield. So if you're not very good at like aiming or shooting and you still want to be a little bit on the aggressive side and actually feel like you're doing something, cause some people just don't like healing, he's very good because he holds up a shield. You can help escort the payload. You can block for your teammates. There's so many different play styles in this game. Like Blessing was saying, that allows people who aren't super comfortable with first-person shooters to feel like they are part of a team. For me, I think it captures the magic of a MOBA. You throw on uh, Pixar and then you add in a Nintendo game polish. That's essentially what Overwatch is, I think. Um, yeah, so uh, Dom is actually a huge, uh, a huge fan of Battlefront, and he actually brought it before we started the show. There's an argument of why is Overwatch better than Battlefront? Why does it have more value? And I think that's a weird conversation to have. I think they have value for different people. For me, I love Star Wars, but Battlefront always seemed like an empty game to me. Um, and I think that's coming from the expectations, right? When you expect a Star Wars game, you expect a lot there, a lot of meat. It's an IP people love, right? When it doesn't have a story mode or the multiplayer feels very empty, that concerns you because you're like, it's it's not what I expect out of a Star Wars game. With Overwatch, yeah, it's only multiplayer only, but there's no there's no previous experience with Overwatch where I have a set of standards for it. Yeah. Also, I think that Overwatch's uh, you know, kind of focus on teamwork lends itself to long, the longevity of the game. Because even though you play multiple games on the same map, not every game will be the same. Because maybe one game you're a healer, maybe one game you're an attack player, maybe one game you're a defense player. Also, it depends on your team around you. Maybe one game you have a really solid Zarya that's really good at using her alt and focusing and kind of shifts the game in different ways. 
I, that's that's why Overwatch has so much yeah. replayability because not every game feels the same, and even when you lose, it doesn't feel necessarily bad. Like it sucks to lose, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't have the same sting as a Call of Duty. Also, in Call of Duty, a team can easily be carried by one player. That's very hard to do in Overwatch. You can have one good player and you can still lose. You know, it's it's a very focused on teamwork. I don't I don't know what else to say about Overwatch. Uh, we were talking about Battlefront, and I know you're looking on the outside in Dom. Do you? You you don't play Overwatch obviously, but you play Battlefront. Do you understand the argument? Because I, I haven't played I I haven't played too much of Battlefront. But so I and the reason I brought it up is because I saw a lot of posts, um, you know, people saying, well, Overwatch is you know about the same depth as Battlefront. You know, there's only four game modes and a couple maps, and it's all multiplayer. But people have no problem paying sixty dollars for it. But I remember when Battlefront, everyone you know, had a cow about how much it costs and how shallow it was. So that was kind of the I saw a lot of people try to argue that point. And for me, I think it's clear and like obvious that Overwatch is just a deeper game. Like the actual multiplayer gaming component of it yeah. is just simply better. And I haven't even played the game. And I can you know what I mean? I can gather that. Because Battlefront is like there's really not much to it. I mean, the Walker Assault mode mode is pretty cool, right? Um, but that's not really what it's about, right? It's about the aesthetic and the presentation and the fact that it's putting you in a battle from your favorite movies, like your absolute favorite movies if you're me, right? Yeah. So they're different. Um, and so I don't. I think it's a weak argument uh, that people were making, but it was. I just thought it was worth pointing out, I guess. So. I think that's pretty much it. We went over why you loved Overwatch and everything. Um, next up, we're going to be getting into Jordan's topic. Hit us with that topic, Jordan. Hit you with that topic. My topic is the, uh, I guess we're calling it the benefit of a reboot. Um and specifically, I wanted to talk about the fact that um, a lot of times when people mention reboots, uh, and this goes not just for video games, but really any type of media in general, a lot of times when people talk about reboots, it's uh, it's kind of with a sour attitude, and a lot of people just, as soon as they hear the word reboot or even remake, um, they just kind of like, they're automatically upset about it, and they're automatically kind of turned off. Um but at the same time, I think it can be really good, and um, the example that I brought up before the show was uh, God of War, which we just saw at Sony's E3 press conference, and uh, Jared, you made a good point that it's actually a soft reboot and not a full reboot, where um, they're kind of just rebooting the gameplay, but uh, continuing the story. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a great example, because... Maybe you can have a reboot, but like you said, it's kind of soft. It's not fully um, rebooting everything back to square one. And so um, there's some things that need to go and that need to be cleaned up in the God of War series. And then there's some things that, that are still cool and that need to stay. So I think, um, you know, a soft reboot can be beneficial. And like I said, I think just reboots in general can be a good thing if they're handled correctly. Um, even like the Star Trek movies that um, they're about to have Beyond, um, Beyond, uh, later on this summer. And um, yeah, I think that was great. Like nobody gave a shit about Star Trek like 10 or 15 years ago, except for, you know, Trekkies, like people that obsess over it. So I think that there's a lot of examples of really good reboots, but I just feel like so often when I hear people talk about them, it's just with like a bad attitude. They don't, they're just automatically turned off whenever they hear the word reboot. So I want to hear you guys' thoughts on a good old-fashioned reboot. So it's definitely situational, right? 
Like, Last of Us, yep, port that shit over, right? <laughs> um, Sleeping Dogs, you know, Darksiders, why, why are we, you know, Prototype, like you mentioned, Blessing, you know, it, why? Just why? Mm-hmm. But it, it's tough. But wouldn't those be yeah, more like the remasters, remasters not remasters. Remasters. Okay, yeah, sure. Reboots. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tomato, potato. Uh, <laughs> tomato, potato, indeed. Um, yeah, so more like, you know, like Force Awakens would be a reboot. Uh, God of War would be a reboot. Uh, DMC would be a reboot of the Devil May Cry series. Resident Evil know, 7. Like Actually, that's... I guess that would be like a soft, soft reboot because yeah. they're changing it. You know, it's like first person now and all that stuff. But I guess they are technically continuing the story. Yeah, I think for me, I'm a fan of like I'm a fan of video game reboots. I'm not really a fan of movie reboots, and that's because they're doing too many of them. Independence Day, like Ghostbusters. Do we, I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, do we really need a new Jungle Book? But apparently, it's good. And <laughs> it so is. We do need a it new is. Jungle Book. Well, at least it's different. It's a it's a cartoon movie turning into a live action movie. At least there's yeah. like justification there. I would say that's more like a live action remake. Yeah. than a reboot. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's like like they have yeah. the songs and stuff. Like it really is kind of just a live action version of it. Yeah. I think reboots and games are welcomed uh, because games are something that people are very much nostalgic for yeah and so like if they rebooted like a new if they rebooted mario right and just made another 3d mario but it's all in like the style of super mario brothers like the original one i would i would probably sell my apartment <laughs> so i can get that game um because man i just man i just thought of that and that sounds amazing <laughs> but like if they um or like if they made a, a, a new donkey kong 64 and rebooted donkey kong 64 because i'm a huge donkey kong 64 fan but like video games are things that people are very very nostalgic for and and they're different from movies in that you kind of dive into those worlds and you live in those worlds for a while and while and being in those worlds is it's it's fun and especially if that's a world that you've kind of been in before there's something about it that's crazy like i was playing ratchet and clank um a few months ago when it first came out and the ratchet and clank reboot or remaker i would say it's a reboot reboot? yeah it's like both. it's It's different um, enough right yeah 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 and it's, it's definitely not a sequel it's like the same uh it's it's a re uh, it's a reboot reboot slash remake of the first one, right yeah and reimagining yeah that's what they said but it's basically the same game as the first one and i remember playing the first one when i was like i don't know like in third or fourth grade and playing this this reboot was kind of crazy for me because they designed a lot of the levels the exact yep. same. Like, a lot of these levels are, like, the same layout, the same objectives, the same everything. And I would go into these levels, and I'd be like, wow, I've been here before. And it was about eight hours of that was, like, it made Ratchet & Clank awesome for me. That It made that amazing for me, and I would love to do that for any game. Now, is it great for, like, younger people who haven't played the original games? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but for me, I, I welcome it, and I think it's yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh... The thing I think, too, is a lot of people get, like you were talking about with nostalgia, I think they get, like, nostalgia fog in their glasses. And a lot yeah. of times from a business perspective, mm-hmm. if it's rebooting, it's for a reason. It's either, A, it's been so dormant for so long that making a sequel doesn't really make sense. Or it's the fact that people just didn't buy the sequels, you know? And the way a company looks at it is, like, well, if you're not buying the next iterations in the story, let's just start over from scratch. And maybe if we retell it a different way and start over from square run and maybe course correct this ship towards where people actually want to buy the sequels... You know, I think a lot of times people are like, why are they rebooting this? It makes no sense, you know. But a lot of the times, too, people forget the original still exists. 
you know the reboot doesn't get rid of of the of the original it's a big argument with ghostbusters like if the new ghostbusters sucks then it sucks but you still have the original one you know true it's not like the True. second Ghostbusters is that great yeah. anyways, you know? So it's like, yeah. I think people have this, like, weird nostalgia factor where they're like, the reboot will ruin uh-huh. it. No, the reboot still, the, the reboot won't do nothing. The old ones still exist. If anything, it's introducing people yeah. who, you know, the problem with old games is I, I, I appreciate old games and I do try to play as many old games as I can. But a lot of times, to be completely honest with you, it's hard because it's hard looking at that few polygons. Like, sometimes it's hard to get over that barrier. Sometimes you have to mentally you know just get over that fact and realize that games aren't just about graphics but a lot of times it is hard just it, with gameplay too and with movies a lot of times a lot of old movies people think are good aren't as good as you remember them being it's a nostalgia factor it's that you watched them as a kid so if somebody's rebooting a game or rebooting a movie it's that kid's first time with that property you're kind of selling that kid out of their own experience you know who's to say the new ghostbusters isn't a little kid's favorite ghostbusters movie and that makes them grow up <laughs> and love ghostbusters you know who are you to tell them that they can't do that? You're absolutely That's... right because I went into Independence Day. The original was one of my favorite movies as a kid, right? I had a VHS and watched it probably 100 times a year, right? Yeah. So when they announced this Jesus. sequel. Every three days? Maybe, I mean, it's a bit of a hyperbole, but you know what I mean. I loved it. That and The Phantom Menace. Those, are, Yeah, that's my guilty whatevers. Yeah, I was a kid. So, and it was amazing to me, right? So when I hear about this sequel, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Like, I can't wait. It was absolute shit. And now, even when I go back and watch the original, I'm like, yeah, this, this movie kind of sucks, too, really. Well, Will Smith not being in that movie killed that movie. Yeah. I, have, I had no reason to go watch that movie. I'm like, even if it was bad, if Will Smith was in it, at least I kind of see it being a sequel. Them not getting Will Smith seemed like a half step. It's like, all right, you have Jeff Goldblum. I like Jeff Goldblum, but that's not going to win me over. It's still not the Independence Day. I, like I tweeted, I was like, an Independence Day movie without Will Smith isn't an Independence Day yeah. movie. So, uh, I think... Jared, you and uh, Blessing both kind of uh, almost hit on the same point for me, which is that, Blessing, you mentioned that it's probably better for video games to be rebooted than a movie or any other media, just because, um, in my mind, I was thinking, like, uh, a game, for example, like you said, Jared, it's tougher going back to older games. So, you know, like, for example, it may be tough for a kid, even if he was playing the PS2 remaster of ratchet and clink on ps3 um i just played that game within the last year and there's a lot of stuff even though it's not that old there's just a lot of antiquated gameplay mechanics in there that are that are tough to go back to so i think yeah rebooting video games especially uh just because of how much they've changed over the course of them being around it helps because yeah it is tougher to go back to old games like you know i can go watch the original star wars trilogy all the time remastered on blu-ray and yeah the special effects aren't amazing but it still looks great um and even if you even if you remaster old you know nes or snes games they still like you said they feel old and it feels different so that video game reboots may be more warranted in a way well also you just made the point too if you can go and watch all the original star wars trilogy that'll still be way less than if you went and played an old video game you know, yeah. it's a different time commitment. It's easier to True. go back and kind of wear through that oldness of of a movie because it's an hour and a half to a two hour commitment as opposed to a ten plus hour commitment to something that's just sometimes it's strange to go back and play an old game. You know, some games hold up, but a lot of the old games that are quote unquote classics, it's, they don't. You know? Yeah, exactly. Older movies hold up better than older games, I would say. Yeah. Well, and also movies are a way older medium. You know, so it's like. Yeah, I definitely think that reboots are necessary, and I think that people who hate on something before it even comes out, like, 
calm down, you know, check yourself. Like the thing you originally loved might not even yeah. be as good as you think it is. So chill, take a step back. Yeah. Like even Jay-Z had a lyric where he was like, people want my old stuff, but then buy my old album. And I think that that <laughs> yep. reigns true. Like, like if you really want, if you really want your the old Star Wars, then watch the old, old Star Wars. Like they're not going anywhere. Um, and I, I do think reboots are necessary. Now there's one case uh, which I wanted my to- my topic was gonna be this, um, but but I chose something else instead. But I was gonna talk about Mirror's Edge because Mirror's Edge Catalyst came out recently, um, and I guess it is technically a reboot. Um, or at least they said it was a reboot. That's another confusing and... one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another confusing one. And Mirror's Edge Catalyst has a lot of issues. Yeah, um, Mirror's, Ed- Mirror's Edge Catalyst is it's a reboot for a game that came out probably in like 2009, I think 2008. Um, but it came out literally last generation, and so there's no reason to really reboot it because it's not Mirror's Edge is not that old of a game. Like they could easily make a sequel to Mirror's Edge. Um, and I mean, it didn't do much as a reboot. Like it didn't make that great of a leap in terms of graphics. Uh, the gameplay, in my opinion, is actually kind of worse. Um, some of the design choices were actually kind of worse. Like, they made it open world, which kind of made the game a little bit worse. And, I don't know, like, I, I understand the idea of a, ba- a bad egg could kind of spoil, spoil the bunch. In terms of people's overall outlook of a, of a series, like, now Mir- now the Mirror's Edge series has... Um, I won't say Mirror's Edge Catalyst is a bad game, but if it was a bad game, then I could say Mirror's Edge, the Mirror's Edge series has one good game and one bad game. Um, so it kind of averages out to an average game, whatever. Um, but I mean, if you're, if you're thinking that way, you're thinking, I guess you care a little bit too much about sort of like the state of everybody else's opinion, um, of a franchise you like, I guess. But, um, I, I understand it a little bit from that perspective. Um, and I guess what I'm saying is some reboots, some people, some reboots can be calmed down. Like some developers can calm down on certain reboots. Um, but if you're rebooting Super Mario brothers in 3d then bring it because i'm <laughs> yeah, down, for down for that one it seems like i'm down for that one kind of what you're getting at there is also the fact that like reboots can really hurt as well like mirror's edge catalyst to me due to the fact that it did get middling reviews and it wasn't uh, a really big hit at least so far it might be kind of like the gravestone for that series because are they really going to bring it back after they've already brought it back once i mean like I think EA was already going out on a limb trying to like you know get some get some uh, get some fans back on their side and I think that they kind of missed the mark and so this may be who knows there could be another Mirror's Edge but it might be the end of the series. It's not necessarily the fault of the the reboot but it's like it's the it's the fault of a bad entry into a series. Yeah. And sometimes like in terms of I, I we mentioned this like a, a a bit earlier but like in terms of like the business um, aspect of a reboot um prey uh they was announced at e3 um at the bethesda conference and uh they announced sort of a prey reboot um instead of coming out with prey 2 and that's because the the original prey came out like kind of way too long ago for them to come out with prey 2 now because like who remembers what prey 2 or what prey was yeah. um i don't i don't even remember how prey looks like i remember an and owl. so in that in that that white owl that's all I remember. i'm still <laughs> waiting i'm still waiting for yeah. prey 2 beta access at that with a pre-order a couple years ago or something oh man <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it makes it makes sense business-wise or marketing-wise because you can you can put out put out prey 2 now because it's just been too long and so if you want to put in another entry into a series a bit further out then 
than like what makes sense to then uh, you kind of have to reboot um i also yeah. i also think going to that point though it just shows how bethesda treats their properties and how ea does i think bethesda has a lot more care for their properties than ea does um yeah so that ends that topic we're gonna be getting into we're talking about uh, ratchet and clank which is a pretty good jumping off point we're talking about games that have been released so far in our game of the year right dom that's what you want your topic to be yeah so i was looking back uh today at work while i daydreamed you know <laughs> that's what i do all day nine to five um yeah and get paid for it living the dream exactly um the daydream <laughs> so and then also last week you guys did in the fireside groove you guys did you know Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what games are coming out the rest of the year that we're looking forward to and so on so that kind of made me think like well what what actually have i played so far in 2016 because looking forward the rest of the year there's not whole, a whole lot for me that i'm per- personally interested but up until this point there has been a ton of stuff it's been a great first half of the year i think and yeah kind of yeah yeah i kind of want to reminisce on that so i mean uh the first thing i played this year um I'll wait, I'll wait for Uncharted 4, because that's that's still what I'm going to have to call my goatee so far. Um, Dark Souls 3 was a, a close runner-up, but I think I'm just too fatigued, fatigued on that series. Whereas even, oh, wow. even though that, that was like one of the, maybe, you know, only second, second only to the original Dark Souls for me. You know, as in like, that's how good of a game it was. It's just, I've, I'm, I've played too many of these games, and it, it just, I couldn't get into it as much. Even though everything about it was great, but... Otherwise, uh, yeah, we mentioned Ratchet and Clank was phenomenal. That was a surprise. Doom was another surprise. Um, what? So I'm trying I, to think of what else. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pull up my release date list for you. The Witness uh, is probably one of mine. That came out in January, uh, and I played it. And uh, man, like that's probably that's that's one of my like top three probably uh, this year. Uh, that game caused me act- like real life stress, like because. It's it's almost like I'm, this kind of, might, this may be cheesy, but I describe it as the Dark Souls of puzzle games because it just messes with you. It's really difficult, and some of the puzzles just mess with you, and it does a lot of unexpected things, and it does a lot of beautiful things in terms of the way it presents itself and in terms of the messages it tries to bring and the weird stuff it tries to do. It's almost like Kojima made this game. Um, like I think Jonathan Blow is probably like the white oh, Kojima to me at least. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, the witness is really, really, really good. That game also, I think, gets innovation of the year in the sense of it did. Op- Ratchet and Clank did it afterwards, but it did open up that forty dollars price point that we saw the witness hit, we saw Ratchet and Clank hit, and now we're going to be seeing Recore hit. Um, I think that's a very good model. I think that he opened that up. Um, I think for me, uh, I didn't play Uncharted. Obviously, I don't have a PS4, and that series doesn't really interest me either way. Um, but for me, <laughs> I would say that uh, Doom is definitely my game of the year right now. But uh, if Child of Light had came out this year, that'd probably be up there. But that game came out two years ago, obviously, so I'm a little late on that. Um, Inside is fantastic. I'm only an hour in. I think that will definitely go over Doom for my game of the year. I love Overwatch, don't get me wrong. But it, it it's, it's like crack, but it's not something I think... It's, it's tough. Like, I love playing Overwatch, but inside and like doom have done things on a on a uh, a video game level that i i would consider more of game of the year i think the only game looking forward the only couple of games that can pass for me when i get my hands on them are we happy few which looks phenomenal oh, that's right yeah. uh, depending on how good that game is that can take over game of the year for me and below if that gets a release date this year i'm still holding out hope um i'm, I'm thinking of other games that like horizon zero dawn doesn't come out till next year gears of war 4 i think will be great but i don't know if it'll be game of the year for me 
Last Guardian will be thankful if that's a five. Um, oh man, the Last Guardian might be my game of the year just off of principle. Even even if it sucks, <laughs> which it probably will. <laughs> Don't just hold because your like I wanted to be good so bad. I might I might have those rose tinted glasses on while playing it. So yeah, for me it's Doom because I think Doom has the best combination of everything: gameplay, mechanics, stories. There, it's not like Last of Us, but it is it is something you know. Um, and yeah, I think Inside could capture it. So next week I might have a new game of the year depending. Um, so far I love it. So yeah, that's for me pretty much. I'm done talking. What about you guys? Blessing. My game of the year is Overwatch. Um, right now at least. Uh, because I, that's the game I played more than any other game. Um, and I think my reasons for it is, are obvious because I've kind of explained it already. It's just very fun. It's very well polished and it's gotten me back into multiplayer shooters. And the whole, I I don't know if I can really see it's, it's a weird situation because a big part of what makes Overwatch amazing for me is what it does for me socially. Um, the people I play it with, the, um, conversations I have while playing it, the fun I have while playing it, the jokes that are made, um, while playing it and so i guess that i mean technically that's not really part of the game but it's kind of part of the game because it happens because of the game uh but oh yeah overwatch right now even if we're just talking about the game itself it's probably like my it's probably my game of the year um ratchet and clank is up there it's really good it's like it's perfectly polished it does so many things well uh there are a couple things about it that i think could have been a little bit better in terms of the story but i mean people don't necessarily play ratchet and clank for the story and so it's easy to overlook but ratchet and clank is up there for me it's it's really really fun it's really really polished and um it's rash and clank uh the witness like i said before it's definitely top three uh because it caused me so much stress uh the week it came out and it almost it almost turned me into a crazy person um and that's hard to explain why unless you play the game and you play the game then you understand um what it is about that game that can like kind of just mess with you it's it's just really difficult especially if you kind of commit to not using a guide um and yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. Uh, I'm not really an Uncharted fan. Um, in fact, I wrote an article about how I kind of dislike Uncharted. Wow. Um, which <laughs> damn, if, if you, if, Dom's if, all if, alone. If you like your Twitter, if if you like not getting hate on Twitter, then don't write an article. <laughs> oh, um, I can only imagine. Oh, I feel bad for you. I didn't even think of that. You posted it on Twitter. Oh yeah. People must have been no, all over good. you. It's. <laughs> oh yeah, I showed up. I actually I guessed it on another dude's podcast, um, Alex Van Aken, if you know him. And I talked, like, the topic on that podcast was why I kind of dislike Uncharted and why I think Uncharted is overrated. And he, like, he messaged me, like, the day after he posted it. He was like, dude, you've gotten me so much hate. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. man. Like, no press is bad I, press. I just don't like Uncharted. Speaking I wish I could like Speaking my Uncharted. language, blessing. Yeah. You're speaking my language. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I plan, I'm going to play it later this year because I haven't played 4. And so I plan to play 4 later this year. I played all the other ones. And I played them specifically just so I can tell people I dislike <laughs> Um, because I played the first one, I was like, this sucks. Then somebody was like, oh yeah, the second one's amazing. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play the second one. I played the second one, I was like, this sucks. Then I was just like, you know what, I might as well just play the third one at this point. And I played it, I was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's not my game of the year yet. It, I, it might be after I play it, but who knows. Uh, Dominic, you're on a podcast with a bunch of crazy yeah, people. You realize that, right? A man after <laughs> my own heart. Um. The, oh, the, yeah. the funny thing, real quick, before we get into Jordan's Game of the Year, is you brought up something, and it kind of made me realize the reason Overwatch isn't a Game of the Year for me is because Doom and Inside and all these other games are, like, the games I'm married to, like, I'm committed to. And to me, Overwatch is kind of like the, the thing on the side, you know? Like, I play it all the time, and I'm there on the side, <laughs> I don't want to tell people I'm with it, you know? I'm like, no. It's your side chick, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm I'm exactly I'm the exact opposite to where like I'm committed to Overwatch and I play Overwatch for hours every day and then like 
I have so many games, so many other games I want to play, but I just can't get to them because I'm so committed yeah. to Overwatch. And then, like, I just, like, I try to fit in Tales from the Borderlands for, like, one hour, but I don't even play it for one hour because somebody invites me to Overwatch. Um, so, I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel you. I'm the opposite, though. But, uh, yeah, I feel Jordan, you I'm interested to see... Quantum Break came out this year, right? Indeed. And that is by far my game of the year so far. That's what I anticipated, um, yeah. Yeah, man, like... It really doesn't get much better than Quantum Break for me. I think, like, story, gameplay, um, just the creativity of it, um, the uh, the type of stuff that they were introducing into the game that really felt fresh and new and felt like stuff that I had never seen before. Um, and, yeah, I've talked before about how, um, like, the live-action show was actually pretty good and... I thought added a lot to the story. Um, so yeah, there's there's just so many things about Quantum Break that I love so much. When I finish it, that um, might be my game of the year too. I'm, I need to get around around to it. It's definitely yeah. my next thing. So yeah, I I would say Ratchet and Clank is um, not a super close second, but it's up there. I think that uh, Quantum Break is kind of miles ahead of anything else this year. But um, yeah, man, Ratchet and Clank is one of my favorite series of all time. And the original game is one of my favorites, so to have it uh, reimagined, as we described earlier, um, in all of its beautiful glory on PS4, um, a- along with the movie that most people crapped on, but I actually really liked, um, yeah, it, Ratchet and Clank was awesome. And I haven't finished it yet, I need to get back to that, just because I kind of put it down and, and never finished it, but um, yeah, I would say... The final boss battle sucks. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. 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 Chairman Drek, he sucks in the original too. Uh, yeah, I won't tell you what the I won't tell you about what it is. Guys, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just in terms of difficulty, in terms of being unfair and kind of glitchy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's really like bad. the well, game is one that's... way, like it's one difficulty the whole time, and then all of a sudden, like yeah, mm-hmm. that final boss battle, boss battle is just like ridiculously hard, and it's all over the place. It's yeah. stupid. That's I almost threw my controller in my TV. That's uh one of the big things that. Uh, people have an issue with uh, on Quantum Break. You'll probably notice that, Jared, once you get to the end. It's just that, yeah, the boss battle is like way too hard and doesn't explain itself correctly. And it kind of sucks because both of those games are so awesome. And to end an awesome game on a bad note is really sad for me. Arkham but, Asylum. Um, yeah, exactly. That's just, that's besides the point. But that, that does suck whenever that happens. I'm, I'm really um, happy so... that all of us have a different game for Game of the Year. That's pretty cool. Diverse. True, true. Hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah good Overwatch, year. I have Doom so far, you have Quantum Break, and then you have Uncharted, obviously. It's funny, don't you, Dom, do you feel like you're constantly in a podcast full of crazy people? Yeah, I'm, I'm always yeah. the minority here. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting, because it's not the case most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, it puts you in, in a different perspective. Uh, um, I would say, I know Blood and Wine isn't actually a game, but just because of the fact that it is so freaking substantial, I mean, it's like you know 30 hours of content in an expansion pass i do want to at least give it a shout out um even when just you because couldn't lock it on. is it's so chunky i know yeah i'm i'm just now getting back to it because i did have the lock on glitch which really sucked and took me out of the game but um even still you know cd project red was right on top of that i sent them a bug report and they you know reported that they were working on it so i i'm down with that i get that they were adding so much to the game anyways it's kind of mind-boggling that it didn't just crash anyways um so 
let me see here. I've got my list. Just anything else I want to mention here. Um, Far Cry Primal was a disappointment to me. Uh, I even forgot really that, that came game. out this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's whatever. It's obviously just a reskin of Far Cry Four. Um, and then shout out to Alienation. Oh yeah, which um, House Mark is yeah House Mark's latest game. It's kind of a spiritual successor to um, Dead Nation. I shouldn't say kind of. It's totally a spiritual successor. But, um, yeah, that game is just pure arcadey fun. If you love getting high scores and, you know, upgrading your equipment, um, top-down shooters, if you love sci-fi, any of that stuff, you'll probably like this game. So, um, shout-out to all those, man. Those are awesome games, and uh, like you guys said, it's been an awesome year so far. So Yep. Close us out, Blessing. What's your topic? Uh, my topic might also be a little bit controversial, Um but it's my my topic is the current state of PlayStation um, after E3, and the reason why I'm making this my topic is because uh, after E3, uh, I was really I was really high on PlayStation. I was really I was really hyped after the conference because I feel like the, their conference was one of the best conferences that I'd actually ever seen. Uh, was it the best? At the time, at while watching it, I was thinking that. But the more and more I think about the conference, the more and more I kind of hate it, and the more <laughs> and more I kind of was kind of down on it. Um, the reason being is because when compared and i'm gonna do a lot of like sony microsoft comparisons so i don't mean to like start don't any worry, like don't worry yeah i don't mean to start any like fanboy kind of stuff um even though i'm like a playstation fanboy and so but i'm gonna hate on playstation but um uh, in comparison to like the the microsoft conference right like place playstation came out and they gave us games 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 and they're very cool games very awesome games they gave us days gone they gave us uh spider-man which Oh man, I'm so I'm yeah. so hyped for yeah. Spider Man. They gave us uh, that God of the rebooted God of War, which looks amazing. Uh, they gave us uh, uh, what's that Quantic Dream game? Uh, Detroit Become Human, which I'm really hyped for. And they made so many games that I personally am hyped for, and a lot of other people are are hyped for. Um, and so I was really high on that. But I was thinking about it more, and I was thinking about what Microsoft gave us at their conference, and they gave us games. You know, they gave us two hardware, two like new, new consoles. consoles. Yeah two new consoles they gave us customizable controllers they gave us um new services like arenas clubs all that all that good jazz and they gave us like they gave us some indies um and they gave us like they 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 gave a more diverse arrangement of things mm-hmm. and i was thinking about the playstation conference and i was just thinking about how like after bef- be- my playstation 4 is no different before the conference than it is after the conference like they really talk about like this the state of the PlayStation 4, any new features that are coming, any new updates, any any new like name changes or any any anything like that. They didn't they didn't bring up any of that stuff. They didn't bring up any kinds of new hardware. Um no new like controller, no new no new like slim PlayStation, no new peripheral, no no nothing. I mean they actually they did talk about VR a little bit. Um but in my opinion not enough considering it's releasing this fall. Um they didn't there's i felt like they're just lacking a lot of ways and i was having this conversation with somebody last week to where i'm if i had an xbox i'd be really excited about xbox because xbox just seems to have like so much going for it right now um in terms of like new games in terms of like they fixed kind of all the crappy stuff about xbox compatibility is huge yeah backwards compatibility like playstation kind of did the same thing with like games 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 last year and last year xbox brought out the backwards compatibility and this year they bring out more like hardware stuff and more features and stuff like that meanwhile i'm sitting here with my same playstation um with like i can look forward to god of war 
uh, in a few years, and I can look forward to Days Gone in a few years, and I, look, I can look forward in to Detroit. In a few years. Um, <laughs> you can just year. keep on yeah, looking exactly. forward so, like, to Death Stranding for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. And, like, all the games they announced were, like, probably games that are going to become my favorite games of all time, because, like, the, these are amazing games that they that they announced. And even last year, they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. They announced Shenmue Three. They announced last... Or they re-announced Last Guardian. Um, and, like, they... They, they they're showing these awesome games that are that are gonna come out eventually, and Xbox are just is just like well here you can customize your controller you know this fall um or right yeah, now I can't remember I can't remember can when right they're doing that yeah you can they launch in August I believe they ship in August I'm pretty sure yeah and like something like that like it's it's amazing because I was looking at that and I was like if I had if I had that controller um or if I had an Xbox I'd be all over that or if they did that for PS4 I would be all over yeah. that like I would buy yeah. it that day. Um, and so, like, I was just thinking about that, and I was just kind of wondering, like, what your guys' thoughts were uh, and are about the current state of PlayStation, um, as a console, even, and even, you can't, you, let's even compare it to Xbox, um, because I feel like, as of late, like, Xbox has done a lot to kind of redeem themselves, um, in terms of, like, what the public opinion was, um, about them a few years ago. I want to dive in between, before the other guys, because they're PlayStation guys, and I think, uh, Jordan I see kind of similar, but I think uh, Dom obviously wants to get in there too. Um, for me, I definitely felt as if the PlayStation conference was a hype trailer for everything else moving forward. I really love your point, and it's it's funny. It's like you just summarized our discussion we had. Jordan and I yeah. feel almost exactly the same way as you. Um, I, I really think that Sony didn't, like you said, diversify their conference. I do think almost all of the games they showed outside of Last Guardian before the VR are going to be stellar games. That's not the question. But I do love the point that you brought up of, like, my PS4 was no different the day after. I have nothing else to look forward to except for these games in a couple of years, you know? Yeah. And for me, the way I look at it is like a race. So say you all of us had to run the mile in high school. Say you're running the mile, okay? All of them are at the starting line. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. To me, it feels like Sony... Don't forget got... Ouya. That doesn't count. That's like... It's it's in the oh, yeah. locker room dry heaving. <laughs> the true third um, console. So Sony got a two lap lead. Spaghetti. Yeah, Sony has a two. Sony has a two <laughs> lap lead on Microsoft, right? And Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, jammed its ankle, broke its ankle outside of the gate, so it's limping forward now. You know, <laughs> depending on how the NX is, they can recover and they can heal their ankle and they can get back in the race. Microsoft, to me, may be two laps behind Sony, but they're they're in a full sprint, and Sony is walking. They have a they have a two lap lead now, and they're like, oh, I'm going to walk yeah. and take a break, you know. And, it's like mm-hmm. the torch in the hair. Basically. Yeah, and Microsoft is in a full lead. Like, if the Sony, the people at Sony aren't afraid of Phil Spencer by now, they should be. Uh, yes, that's he, a good point, dude. He is, he is the Xbox's saving grace. And the biggest thing, the biggest negative people say, uh, blessing at the Microsoft conference, they say one of two things: it's either the Play Anywhere initiative or the announce of two consoles. The argument with the two consoles, they say they announced one console that was essentially put dead at the end of at the end of the conference by the other console. That's like, I, I don't understand that argument by any means. They're going to be two different price points. Um, they're for two different audiences, um, and we we would have heard the same argument if uh, if Sony had the balls to actually talk about the Neo, but they didn't want to because they actually Ooh. go after Microsoft, so they can't they they can pull things like that, obviously. Um, Mm-hmm. And that's no Microsoft would probably do the same thing if they came came after Sony. So I don't blame Sony. But the thing is that the Scorpio is for people who want a higher end, as close to PC as they can get without having to invest in a PC. The Xbox One S is for people who have had an Xbox for a while, and it's it's giving out. You know, PS4s are giving out now too. We've had them for a while. They're not working as well as they used to. 
The Xbox One S is the cheapest Blu-ray, uh, blue, 4K Blu-ray player on the market right now. You know, um, well, when it comes out uh, later on this year, like there are two different things. The other argument, the Play Anywhere thing of them saying, well, there's no reason for me to own an Xbox now that they now that the exclusives are in both. You weren't going to buy an Xbox anyways. I'm sorry. I, because that's what I was going to say. The one caveat to, yeah, they all, all have all these cool hardware announcements, but they also just confirmed to me that I don't ever need to buy an Xbox. And they're still going to get your money, though. So they're perfectly winning on that front. Right, but they're only going to get money like on those you know, one or two specific exclusives that I am forced to buy from the Windows Store. Yeah, but they're, also, but they're also forcing you to upgrade to Windows 10, which also gets them $100. Well, I already have Windows 10. Well, and I think... I think they they make more money off of software than they do hardware, and I feel like they're just admitting at this point that, um, you know, like, Xbox maybe just be kind of like a a family PC gaming box, you know, instead of being this this whole console thing that's, like, a big part of the mainstream. Maybe PC does kind of start to take over. So here's the thing. Sorry, go ahead. So the the thing is that I was border – like, I've been borderline. Like, do I ever need an Xbox or not at this point? Because, you know – Potentially another Alan Wake and Gears of War, and I'd like to go back and play Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive and Halo, and I, so I'm like borderline, right? Like, is it all worth it? Um, now that I have the option to get anything, like any of those exclusives, like without that, I don't really feel the need to. Whereas if I wanted just one of them, and it was wanted it enough to buy the box, then after having bought the box, I would feel like I have to buy all the other exclusives to justify that purchase of the whole box, right? So that's what they're going to miss out on, and now. And any other multi-platform games that I would have purchased on that box anyway, just because I have it. Yeah, but you buy, don't you buy a lot of multi-platform games on your PC, even though you right. have a PS4 anyways? Right, but all through Steam and not through yeah. Microsoft Store, which is the, that's the kicker here because no one is, their, their store is still absolute garbage compared to Steam. Steam is the, by far the best I agree, digital storefront that exists. You also have to realize you're not the market they're trying to hit. Right. You have a gaming PC. Right, I'm, you know? I'm the minority here. Yeah, there there's a lot of people who can't afford a gaming PC. Right. You know, and guess what? There's a cheaper there's a there's a the, the normal Xbox ones are getting cheaper, and the Xbox One S is coming in. It's, it's a good uh, price point, and like even people who are going to get the Scorpio, people are like, well, why wouldn't they just buy a PC? Because it's not going to be the same price as a PC. Plus, consoles are way easier than PCs. Yes, PCs hit these power thresholds that consoles don't, but they don't have the ease factor. You know, and people can say updating drivers and doing all this stuff isn't complicated. But, you know, a lot of times for you, for instance, Dom, you work all day. You get home, it's 5 o'clock, you're tired, you eat dinner. You want to be able to just sit down and play a game. You know, you don't have to have to go through all these necessary steps because if you're sitting there installing drivers and doing all this stuff, then you're like, well, I'm just going to sit down and watch a movie or watch Netflix, you know? So, yeah, no, I totally I totally agree. that, And I think that this is they, – they're doing the right thing overall, you know, with They're admitting people. defeat of this quote-unquote console generation, I think is what they're doing. It's just – yeah, for me personally, it just confirmed like, yeah, it's just now I don't ever need that and I – and grab any of these exclusives if I ever feel like I need to, but I don't need to buy the box for them. But the, yeah, again, but I also think that like I, f- I feel like a lot of gamers don't, or maybe not say gamers, like most people don't buy um, consoles for exclusives. I think, at least, and I think that was proven like during this last fall where PlayStation barely had any exclusives and Xbox had like all the exclusives, um, and PlayStation still outsold yeah. Xbox. And so I, th- I mean, I think that's a, that's a little bit proof of like people aren't buying consoles for for um exclusives they're buying them for a different reason and whether it's comfort whether it's price i mean i don't know but i i i think consoles um specifically are are enticing for a whole different reason um other than exclusives exclusives are are almost kind of like a bonus um and in terms of like like you actually made a really good point there uh sorry to cut you off but like 
so exclusives aren't what sell consoles. You know what will sell the Xbox One S? The fact that it's the cheapest 4K Blu-ray player on the market. You know? People might not buy it because it has Xbox exclusives, mm-hmm. but guess what? I have I have a 4K TV. I don't want to play 4K Blu-rays. I can get one that has Netflix on it and can play video games as well. Sold. And there are you know? way more 4K TVs out there than we think. And, yeah. you know, those people are looking for something to play on the new TVs they bought that they can't truly utilize. So you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I love well, that argument, though, Blessing, that exclusives aren't necessarily what sells consoles. I really like that. Xbox is kind of admitting defeat this generation. I think that that's sort of what also got me kind of hyped for Xbox, because watching them reveal Scorpio, um, a lot of people had, like, the complaint that people are, were kind of hating for Sony on, on Sony when, like, the Neo first leaked, uh, and people hated the idea of the Neo, yet people are applauding Xbox um, for the Scorpio. And, I mean, I think it's a situation of xbox is not in the lead right now and by them them releasing the scorpio is them on attack mode and them being like hey we we see we see we see what's happening right now we understand what's happening right now we're gonna do something about it and them releasing the scorpio is them being like we're gonna do something about it and it sucks on playstation side because playstation can't just sit there and take it you know like playstation has to do something like they can't if Xbox comes out with a, with a new console and with like a more powerful console, and PlayStation Four is just a PlayStation Four, then Sony's screwed, you know. Uh, and so like, it, it on PlayStation side, I feel like it's almost like a have to. On Xbox side, I feel like it's it's like they get to like they get to reset the board. Uh, meanwhile, PlayStation has to like react to whatever Xbox may do in order to like. That's also the the exciting part. That's also the exciting part because maybe they just went back to the drawing board and in a couple of months we're going to hear about, you know, Neo that does seven teraflops or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's the may have hopefully started this war of escalation. Um, But that won't come out before the Scorpio though. Right. Yeah. If, if that's the case, then yeah, it'll probably be around the same time as that one. The weird thing too, to me is like, PlayStation could have easily marketed the Neo instead of marketing it as the PS4K. It could have been the PS4 Slim and said it had 4K capabilities. Like, because obviously they aren't gonna. It's dumb for them to announce something that's trying to be a direct competitor to Scorpio. It's weird to me that Sony didn't take that time to try to make it a direct competitor to the Xbox One S and not the Scorpio. So, like you said, they co- could go behind the scenes and start working on Scorpio's competitor. It's weird to me that they're just like hiding the Neo and not talking about it. You know. To me, you should market that as a competitor to the Xbox One S that comes out this fall, where the Neo is still rumored to come out this fall. Well, they still may. I mean, they haven't officially said anything, right? All all we know is from leaks. But we're talking about Nintendo not controlling their message and waiting to talk about stuff, and yet Sony's doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. They need to speak up, yeah. Yeah, I think... Soon. And the thing is, is they have a two-lap lead, but they're walking, you know? And... The thing for me is it's probably how PlayStation gamers feel. So the PS2 was fantastic. PS3 had its issues. Obviously, Xbox 360 was a console of choice that generation. But the people who sat at, uh, sat in and waited on the PS3 and dealt with that stuff, and then ca- they got a really great thing with PS4, right? Like, they finally had all of their issues paid off for the most part. Like, they them hanging on to the PS3 ecosystem benefited them, right? And I really think people who, mm-hmm. who love the 360 but have dealt with Xbox One even though Xbox One is still selling at a phenomenal rate comparison to a lot of other consoles, I think Scorpio could be their PS3 to PS4 thing, where it's like, yeah, PS4 beat us, and but we still stuck with Xbox One because we love Xbox, and Scorpio is going to deliver and give us what we kind of dealt with for the meantime, you know? Um, I, I just, I think PS4, their console could have been everything if it was just a little bit more diverse. I just, I going back to the original point of this topic, I just feel like, 
like you said, it was just there wasn't diversity there. There wasn't what's happening with the PSN, uh, what's happening with the accessories, and even maybe those aren't necessary. But what about the indies? The PlayStation 4 is supposed to be the indie console. Yeah. It's supposed to be, we're giving all these money to indies that we're not going to show on prime time because we're just going to show them at PSX and a bunch of other places. Like, And that was probably the thing that struck me the most is when I realized that they didn't show any indies. Much as indies Persona. and I'm surprised they didn't show Persona either. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started. God, yeah. Uh, any closing <laughs> thoughts on the state of PS4 so we can close out the show? Greatness awaits. I, I just uh, want to go back to a point that... Uh, <laughs> Still waits. What, no, it doesn't wait. But. One of the points that Blessing made uh, just about, you know, of course, um, Xbox having a more filled out conference and hitting all the points. And then also talking about how uh, aggressive Microsoft is being right now and how they're really on attack mode. And I... I've mentioned this before how I'm just wondering why Sony hasn't, you know, dealt the killing blow to Microsoft yet because they've had plenty of chances. I think it's too late now. And Exactly. I'm saying it's too late now. Yeah. And like you said, Blessing, I think Microsoft's the one, like you said, Jared, that's sprinting, that's on attack mode, that's being aggressive. And Sony is just, you know, it's their game to lose and they're letting they're letting themselves lose it for kind of no reason, which is, you know, obviously disappointing. And the thing too is so as Xbox backwards compatibility is going on, they're adding new games. So they're already in the infrastructure. They don't have to mess with the games that are in there, right? Moving yeah. forward with Project Scorpio, not only will you more than likely have all of your Xbox One games backwards compatible because the infrastructure are there, you'll have your three sixty games that you already have in your Xbox One, so that's two tiers of backwards yeah. compatibility. And they'll probably Whereas run better. Yeah, when PlayStation, when the next PlayStation comes out after the Neo, whatever it is, I'm going to guarantee they'll have backwards compatibility. Hopefully, for you, your guys' sake. But they're also going to have to, but they're also know, going to have to put in that infrastructure. You know, <laughs> that's going to take a lot of time, and it sucks yeah. that you guys. Yeah. like, I'm an Xbox guy, and I'm I'm happy with my Xbox. You guys have a PS4. It's the console that's winning, and it doesn't seem like they care about you guys as much as Microsoft is. Microsoft is trying to have the people who own it be thankful for it and trying to get people to come over and say hey we're changing playstation's like yeah you bought our console cool we have some games coming out in a couple of years hold yeah. tight you know? i totally agree jared yeah you know so yeah and like i might like i'm i'm a, i'm fully a playstation person and like i'm fully like like i if people call me a playstation fanboy i might agree and be like you know what you you're kind of right because I, I that's how much i love playstation i might buy an xbox like one s just because of the backwards compatibility thing mm. um because like i mean well also because of the exclusives but like but there's just they're just doing so much for it you know um and i, I know i'm kind of repeating myself now but like the controllers <clears throat> the the backwards compatibility the exclusives are coming out like there, there are different things happening for Xbox, um, and yeah, like I mean, they've kind of won me over at this point, and so um, they just wanted to throw that. Also, out there. on the plus side, the Project Scorpio will pro- will most likely not have a power brick on the outside like the Xbox One S, which I'm super excited for. Let's uh, hope so. I hate having the power brick. Um, we're gonna be closing out now. Let's talk about what we're gonna be playing, and then we'll get a short little spiel from Blessing where you can find him on the internet. Uh, for me, I'm gonna be playing inside. Super stoked for that. Um, for all of you listening, if you're catching, well, I guess if you're catching us on Sunday, it's going to be too late, but over the weekend, uh, Halo 5 is actually free to play with Xbox Gold. You can download and play it until Sunday. I never got a chance to play Halo 5. Uh, people don't like it, but I just want to play it. So, uh, be playing that. So, inside Halo 5, uh, and probably dab into Quantum Break if I have time, but I think Halo 5 is going to take up a lot of time there. Um, that's pretty much for me. What are you guys going to be playing this week? Walking Dead. Season 2, right? You're on oh, episode yeah. 3? 
Just finished turning three. Clementine into a monster. Oh, and I Did love you... it. She's the Did Walter you... White. Three you have Telltale's stops. Game of Thrones? No, I. That's all. That was also on sale, and I was considering it. But a lot of people, I actually posted a question in the kind of funny Facebook group. You know, like is you know are these any good? This is what's on sale, and the majority said that the Game of Thrones Telltale series actually kind of sucked. Apparently, I liked it. Ooh. But it's like seven dollars. It's not. So. It's not Walking Dead, but I do like it. So huh. that is what it is. I, I'm interested in it. Yeah, it's cool. It tells a side story of the Foresters, so it's really cool. Any more Game of Thrones I can get since the season ended. Uh, you know, I need that fix, man. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jordan? What are you going to be playing? Um, yeah, so that's actually a good point. Um, they're having the mid-year sale for PlayStation right now. And um, I already picked up Tales of Hearts R for Vita and... Um... Odin Schwer Liftenschnauzer. Oh. <laughs> no, I picked up uh, Super Stardust Ultra for um, PS4, which I've been meaning to get, but it was just now super cheap. Um, and then later on this week, I might even grab a couple more games. Uh, speaking of, they have the Telltale Games Collection, which is usually over a hundred dollars. Like twenty. And yeah, it's like twenty-two bucks, and it's got uh, both seasons of Walking Dead, which I already have. That's what one two. series costs. That's a hell of a deal, dude. Exactly. Um, Walking Dead season one and two, Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, and Tales from the Borderlands. So probably gonna pick that up. Um, and then that's Jared, insane you mentioned value. Halo. Sorry, that's insane yeah, value. Is. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, you mentioned Halo. Um, I am obviously not really into multiplayer, so if I could just download it this weekend and beat the campaign and be done with it, that would be super awesome. So I don't have to buy it. Um, so I'll probably try to do that. Um, like I said, I am finishing up my Witcher review, so I'm going to be playing more Blood and Wine. And of course, got to do some cramming <laughs> for Persona Three, man, because yep. I still got like. 30 hours to go. What about you, Blessing? What do you got going on this week? What are you playing? Oh, man. I'm playing a lot. Uh, basically because of that sale. Um, but I'm playing Tales from the Borderlands, playing um, the Banner Saga, playing Saints Row. I'm also playing... Um, I should be streaming How to Full Boyfriend this Saturday. Ooh, where so can Pigeon Dater, right? Where can we Pigeon Dater. Is that a fun game? Yeah, the, the dating simulator with the birds. And so I'm really excited for that one. Because I've never... I don't think I've ever played... Yeah, I've never played a, a dating simulator before, and so it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun. Oh, I'm also playing um, Overwatch. Uh, of course, that's without, without being said. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's what we're going to be playing. Uh, Blessing, where can they find you? Thank you for joining us. Where can they find you on the internet? Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, if people want to look for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BlessingJr. That is at BlessingJr. Uh, I also write a lot about video games and stuff um, at OKBeast.com. Um, and I also podcast a lot. Um, and right now I'm finishing up an, an Overwatch podcast series soon. And you can find that by searching OK Beast on iTunes. Um, the name of the Overwatch series is Overwatched, but it, it'll be under like the OK Beast feed. And so look up OK Beast on iTunes to find it. Um, and yeah, also OK Beast on awesome. YouTube. Um, real quick for Blessing too, uh, what I was going to shout out was um, on your Blessing Junior YouTube account, You've got a bunch of awesome video game remixes. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Blessing Junior is where that's like my personal account. Right, right, right. And so right. Like, I just yeah. made like a new um, website account. But yeah, I do, I do do a lot of video game remixes, and so like hip hop beat uh, remixes, and so yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good plug, actually. Yeah, exactly. So Shout out like, to your uh, Kingdom Hearts remixes, and then um, you did Snake Eater, right? Oh uh, yes, I did, dude. I didn't know anybody listened to that one because that was like. 
I kind of did that one like pretty quickly, and I I didn't like it, but <laughs> yeah, I uploaded it. <laughs> well, I liked it, so, so yeah, shout out to his out. awesome Appreciate remixes that. on YouTube. Awesome, thank you again for joining us, blessing. Oh, yeah. We're really thankful for you being a guest. Um, you said hopefully one day one of us can be a guest on your podcast, and you're welcome back anytime for sure. Oh yeah, or all you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, so thank you guys for watching. This was episode 18 of the Control Ditches Gamecast. As always, share us, like us, follow us on all of the social networks. It helps, um, you know. Every week. Uh, also, uh, Dom's going to be tweeting out the winner of the Star Wars uh, Blu-ray this week on on uh, Twitter. We're going to randomly select it and give it away. So look out for that if you're following us on Twitter. Check that out. If you're not following us, definitely follow us. Um, Dom's at Dom9494. Jordan's at uh, Melomotis. Uh, Blessing, Blessing Jr., and I'm at Jared underscore. I'm actually now at Dom's Oreos. Dom's Oreos. All right. Name change, not 9494. All right. Finally, finally committed to one. Man, if only Shuhei would let us change our name. I'm surprised he changed to at Uncharted's overrated. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for uh, for listening, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.